Thank you for joining us at the First Baptist Church of Coleraine, Massachusetts, as Pastor Jim Rennie continues to faithfully challenge and encourage us in the Word. And it is our prayer that this message will encourage the believer and bring the unbeliever closer to a saving knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Let's turn to the book of Matthew. I'm going to be reading from chapter 27, verse 57, and then some into 28. This is uh, an account, one account, Matthew's account of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. As evening approached, there came a rich man from Arimathea named Joseph, who had himself become a disciple of Jesus. Now going to Pilate, he asked for Jesus' body and Pilate ordered that it be given to him. Joseph took the body wrapped it in clean linen cloth and placed it in his own new tomb that had cut out of a rock. He rolled a big stone in front of the entrance to the tomb and went away. Mary Magdalene and the other Mary were sitting there opposite the tomb. The next day, the one after preparation day, the chief priests and the Pharisees went to Pilate Sir, they said, we remember that while he was still alive, that deceiver said, after three days I will rise again. So, give the order for the tomb to be made secure until the third day. Otherwise, his disciples may come and steal the body and tell the people that he has been raised from the dead. This last deception will be worse than the first. Take a guard, Pilate answered. Go, make the tomb as secure as you know how. So they went and made the tomb secure by putting a seal on the stone and posting the guard. After the Sabbath, which is Saturday, at dawn on the first day of the week, which is Sunday, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to look at the tomb. There was a violent earthquake for an angel of the Lord came down from heaven and going to the tomb, rolled back the stone and sat on it. His appearance was like lightning and his clothes were white as snow. The guards were so afraid of him that they shook and became like dead men. The angel said to the women, do not be afraid, for I know that you're looking for Jesus who was crucified. He is not here. He has risen, just as he said. Come and see the place where he lay. Then go quickly and tell the disciples, he has risen from the dead and he's going ahead of you into Galilee. And there you'll see him. Now I've told you. So the women hurried away from the tomb, afraid, yet filled with joy, and ran to tell his disciples. Suddenly, Jesus met them. Greetings, he said. They came to him, clasped his feet, and worshipped him. Then Jesus said to them, Do not be afraid. Go and tell my brothers to go to Galilee. There they will see me. 
While the women were on their way, some of the guards went into the city and reported to the chief priests everything that had happened. And when the chief priests had met with the elders and devised a plan, they gave the soldiers a large sum of money, telling them, you are to say. His disciples came during the night and stole him away while we were asleep. If this report gets to the governor, we will satisfy him and keep you out of trouble. So the soldiers took the money, as did as they were instructed, and this story has been widely circulated among the Jews to this very day. Amen. May the Lord give us understanding of his word this morning. Amen. Let's have a word of prayer. Father, again, so thankful to be alive, so thankful to be spiritually alive because you are alive and because you live, we can live also in one day because you were raised from the dead and we too will have a resurrected body just like yours. What a day that will be. In the meantime, we pray that we'll rededicate our lives to you. Maybe even for the first time, people that are listening to this message, wherever you may be, may we be tuned in and learn something new and relevant to our own lives. Amen? Amen. Title of this message, The Infallible Proof. The Infallible Proof of the Resurrection. We live in a world today so much information available to us. Most of it really doesn't matter. What really matters is whether we believe that Jesus Christ rose again from the dead. Because if Jesus Christ never rose again from the dead, then Christianity is a myth and our faith is in vain. And billions of people down since Christ did rise again from the dead, we've all been duped. It's a total myth. It's either true or, or it's not true. The Apostle Paul, who gave up everything to follow Jesus when he was converted on the road to Damascus, he said, if Christ has not been raised, then your faith is in vain. It's in vain. In other words, it's useless. The resurrection is either the biggest hoax or the most amazing event in human history. The fact is, there is overwhelming proof that Jesus Christ did rise again from the dead. Acts chapter 1 verse 3 says, After his suffering on the cross, he showed himself to these men and gave many convincing proofs that he was alive. So we're going to, today we're going to look at the evidence that provides convincing proof that Jesus rose again from the dead. Not that we need convincing proof if we are truly born again, because we know that he did, amen? We know that he did. One of the reasons we know that he rose again from the dead, there was no corpse. 
You know, if somebody dies, there's usually a body there. And when Jesus died on the cross, we know his body was placed in the tomb, in that solid rock tomb. Then his body, it was wrapped in linen. Joseph Arimathea, whose tomb it belonged to, the rich follower of Jesus Christ. The stone was secured over the entrance of the tomb, over the grave. And then, it doesn't tell it, but there were 16, a troop of 16 Roman soldiers, hardened soldiers, professionals, to guard it, the tomb, to make sure nobody would steal that body of Jesus, that dead body of Jesus. Matthew records, as we've read it this morning, Governor Pontius Pilate, who found no fault in Jesus during those mock trials, he ordered to have a tamper-proof official Roman seal placed on that stone so that anyone who tried to get past the soldiers, which was impossible, they would have to have broken that seal, which also violated Roman law, which was punishable by death. So anyone who attempted to do that wasn't in their right mind. However, in spite of all those precautions, the stone, the soldiers, the seal, that tomb was empty on that first Easter Sunday morning. Amen? The empty tomb is a powerful testimony to Jesus' resurrected body. Skeptics down the years, and we still have them, they try to refute the empty tomb. They've come up with other possibilities. Theories, and that's all they are, like the theory of evolution. It's just a theory. It's not a fact. Like the myth perpetrated by the religious leaders that Jesus' disciples stole his body. This is totally illogical because those disciples were cowering in the upper room with the door locked afraid of being arrested by the same Roman soldiers that had arrested Jesus. They had no inclination or desire to steal his body from the tomb because they, just like everybody else, believed he was dead. And he was, but then he rose. He became alive again. They were scared to death, cowering with the door locked. And the thought of them trying to overpower armed soldiers and roll away a two-ton boulder, dispose of Jesus' body, and then manufacture a myth about his resurrection just doesn't make any logical sense, does it? No, thank you. I agree. Another myth is that the religious leaders disposed of the body. But suppose they were able to get to his body all they would have to do is parade that dead body of Jesus through the streets of Jerusalem to discredit the fact that Jesus was alive. Wouldn't they? That's all they'd have to do. He's Jesus. He was crucified. He's dead. But they didn't do that because Jesus was alive. His body wasn't there. The fact is they couldn't produce the body because his body was no longer in the tomb. Jesus was alive, still is, thank God. If Jesus didn't rise from the dead, then where is the body? 
all the famous or infamous religious leaders of the world that have died have stayed dead with their bones in the ground because they were only human. You can go to Muhammad's grave in Mecca. I don't recommend it, but that's where he's at. They were all human. But Jesus was not only human, he was also divine. Amen? Jesus is divine. Jesus said, I and my Father are one. Jesus is God. He's divine. No one has ever risen from the dead except Jesus. No one. His followers were told by him that he would rise again from the dead, that he would be killed, and on the third day, he would rise. And the empty tomb provides substantial evidence of his resurrection. All right, what about all the witnesses? Infallible proof. Even though Jesus did tell his disciples he would die and rise again from the dead, they didn't get it. They didn't believe it until they saw him in the upper room. They saw him on that cross, and all their hopes and their dreams were shattered. They needed proof that Jesus was alive, and he provided that proof when he appeared to them in person, when they were cowering in the upper room with the door locked. Then they were able to tell people not only found the tomb empty, but Jesus appeared to them personally. He wasn't a ghost either because they could touch him. A phantom, a spirit, you cannot touch. If you ever met any, I take my word for it. Did you know that there were over 500 eyewitnesses that saw Jesus on 12 different occasions? Did you know that? This is what the scripture says. For what I received, I passed on to you as of first importance that Christ died for our sins, according to the scriptures, that he appeared to Peter, Simon Peter, and then to the 12. After that, he appeared to more than 500 of the brothers at the same time, most of whom are still alive, Though some have already died, Paul wrote. Matthew's account, uh, those two ladies went to the tomb. One of them was Mary Magdalene. She saw the risen Lord. She thought he was the gardener. You know the story. Let's put this other myth to, to bed as well. I've heard it so many times, and they must have been watching... Uh, some musical, Jesus Christ Superstar or something. A, Mary Magdalene was not a prostitute. It doesn't say anywhere in scripture that she was. It does tell us that she had seven devils cast out of her. Not one time does it say that's just a myth about her being a prostitute. She may have been, she may not have been. Either way, but it doesn't say that she was. But the Lord appeared to her at the gravesite, alive. That evening, he walked on the road with two of his followers on the road to Emmaus. Jesus had more than 12 disciples. He had the inner circle of 12, but he had many, many followers. There were many 
believers in Jesus Christ. And two of them were taking a stroll on the road to Emmaus and Jesus was walking along with them. So there's another two. Several people saw him on more than one occasion. Some alone, some in groups, some at night, some during the day. This is what Acts chapter 1 verse 3 says. After his suffering, when he died on the cross, he showed himself to these men and gave many convincing proofs that he was alive. He appeared to them over a period of 40 days and spoke about the kingdom of God. And I'm sure there's a lot of people who believed in him when they actually saw him alive from the dead. And they're in heaven. Of course, many didn't believe and they still don't believe, but it doesn't alter the fact that it happened. Amen? It happened. Now, you can't get better witnesses than eyewitnesses. All right? When I was involved in, I think it was probably my first, although I've come off my motorcycle a few times, when I was hit by a van in England, we drive on the, the wrong side of the road over there. You drive on the right side. I was going through a green light. It was a Sunday afternoon. I was heading to a beautiful park in the English countryside in Leicestershire. No. Leicestershire, minding my own business, guy sped through a red light in a van, smashed right into me, and there I was in a heap, under my poor motorcycle, totally written off. Tried to stand up, my leg completely gave away. I was, I was, somebody came over and said, I've never seen a dead man before. That was very encouraging. <laughs> that was me. Anyway. God had other ideas. I'm still around. So where am I getting with this? When he came through the red light, parked on the other side of the street at the red light was a police car with two policemen in it. And they saw everything. They saw everything. What a sight that must have been. So you can't get better witnesses than eyewitnesses. All right? especially if they're policemen, all right? Now imagine if there was only one eyewitness that saw that accident and they could testify in court that my version of the story was correct. Even if one witness, the jury would be more inclined to believe my account, wouldn't they? Because I got a witness. Can I get a witness? All right, but imagine, this is irrefutable proof. Imagine if there were 500 witnesses corroborating my story and will testify that I drove my motorcycle through a green light that day. The resurrection of Jesus is irrefutable. It's unquestionable. Now, when Christianity began, those eyewitnesses that saw the risen Lord and they were still alive, they could be questioned. They could testify they had seen the risen Lord, not just them, but all the others. In those 40 days, Peter, St. Peter, said, God has raised this Jesus to life, and we are all witnesses of the fact. We're all witnesses of the fact. It's irrefutable. 
Peter didn't make up the resurrection story. He saw Jesus. He talked to Jesus. He even had breakfast with Jesus. It wasn't pancakes, I don't think. It was fish and broad, broad fish and what was the other thing? Honey. Yeah, anyway, look it up. There he was, cooking breakfast when they came back from a fishing expedition. I'm going fishing. Jesus, you know. And Jesus says, I'll make you fishers of men now. What a privilege. They gave up their whole livelihood to follow Jesus. They didn't do it for any other reason. Their lives were changed. That's another reason people should believe in the resurrection. People's lives have been changed. Not just the disciples, ours. Ours. I mean, you know, if it can save me, it can save anybody. After Jesus' resurrection, people's lives were totally transformed. When he died, when he died on that cross and they saw him on the cross, those disciples were filled with, their dreams were shattered. All hope was gone. And then they were filled with fear. Hey, if it happened to him, it's gonna, gonna possibly going to happen to us as well. They're going to be gunning for us as well. If they got him... But then the miraculous happened. On the evening of the first day of the week, Easter Sunday evening, when the disciples were together with the doors locked out of fear, Jesus came and stood among them and says, Peace be with you. He didn't say, you bunch of chickens. Why did you desert me in my hour of need? I told you I was going to die and rise again from the dead. You bunch of blah, 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 blankety blanks. No. He said, peace be with you. And he said this. He showed them his hands and side. The disciples were overjoyed when they saw the Lord. Instead of rebuking those disciples for their lack of faith and not standing with him in his time of need, he said, peace be unto you. He's telling that, he tells us that every day. Peace be unto you. Peace be unto you. You know, Jesus will never condemn us. When people do, Jesus will never condemn us. Jesus loves us unconditionally. So their guilt and their shame and their fear was replaced by joy. Only Jesus can give you joy, joy unspeakable. Then after the Holy Spirit came upon them at Pentecost, their lives were changed. Changed from being cowardice chickens to become lions the lions, the pillars of the church who turned the world upside down. Why would they do that? What motivated them to give up everything to follow Jesus, to proclaim the glorious gospel of the risen Lord? If it never happened, why would they ever have done what they did? Was it for money? Did they do it for the money? I know some shyster, so-called mission, 
ministers are in it for the money. You know that? Some of these shyster TV evangelists, not all of them, but a lot of them, they're in it just for the money and the power and the fame. They didn't do it for those reasons. They didn't do it for those reasons. No, every one of them was so convinced of Jesus' resurrection. They were willing to give up everything to leave family and occupation and home for what they believed to be the truth, to tell people about Jesus, that, that he was alive. He was alive. Jesus' life-changing power not only changed those first believers, but ever since then, Jesus has been changing lives ever since, isn't he? Changed mine. People from every race, every tribe, every country, every language, every nationality, in the whole world, their lives have been changed. Now, if it was a myth, it would never have happened. Our lives would never have been changed. Now, regardless of intellectual or social backgrounds, believers in Jesus are united in their conviction that they know Jesus is alive because he rose again from the dead. We know. We know. So let's conclude. The evidence for Jesus' resurrection is irrefutable. It's certain. It's overwhelming. Now those of you, wherever you may be, you listen to the evidence this morning of Jesus' resurrection. Do you still think it doesn't apply to you? Personally, it does apply to you. It applies to every person who's ever been born because it proves that God loves you when Jesus willingly died for you on the cross to pay the penalty for your sins and then be buried and rise again from the dead. Jesus, he did it willingly. No one forced him to do it. Not at one time. He said this, he said, no one takes it from me, my life. No one takes it from me. But I lay it down on my own accord. It was voluntary. I have authority to lay it down. And I have authority to take it up again. That's God. Jesus is God. Do you believe that? Now, whether you believe it or not, it doesn't alter the fact that he is. And he is alive. And the same power that raised Jesus from the dead is available to all those who believe what he did for them personally on the cross and they put their faith in what he did for them and believe in their heart that God raised him from the dead. Jesus says, I am and when he says, I am, he's, he's claiming that he's God. He's saying, he's not claiming, he's saying it. I am the resurrection and the life. And he that believes in me, though he will die physically, yet shall 
he live? Spiritually. Spiritually. So, the most important question we should ask ourselves, and maybe you've asked it, and I've seen numerous interviews with famous people, and the question is, what are you afraid of? Are you afraid of anything? And if they're honest, they'll say, yeah, I'm afraid of dying. I'm afraid of dying. Macho men are afraid of dying. The question we need to ask ourselves, what happens when I die? Because of what Jesus did, we can know for sure there is definitely life beyond the grave because he conquered death. It's, just, it's not a theory. It's a proven reality. Jesus is alive. Death will never have the last word. This is why we don't sorrow for those that have no hope. People that we know and love that have died believing in Jesus, we'll see them again. We'll see them again. Death hasn't got the last word. There's life beyond the grave. It's a proven reality. Because Jesus rose, we can have a new beginning when we die. A never-ending life. Because God can never die. He's always existed. And he always will. Isn't it time to encounter the living Lord Jesus for yourself, if you haven't done so already, what are you afraid of? What are you afraid of? Go to him, ask him to save you because you're a sinner. Ask him to save you from eternal death and he will. He'll do it because Jesus is alive. Jesus died. Jesus was buried. And Jesus rose again from the dead. Amen. Hallelujah. What a savior. The, the best is yet to come. It really is. Let me close in a word of prayer. Father, I thank you that we've been able to be here this morning by your grace, best possible place we could be, in the house of the living God. On the Lord's Day, the first day of the week, on Resurrection Sunday, you arose. And for the past 2,000 years plus, believers in you have been celebrating the fact that you are alive and you rose again. The third day, we may not have seen it, but we know it to be true because our lives have been changed. I want to talk to those that are listening. I've listened to the irrefutable proof of Jesus' resurrection. It does apply to you because one day you will be resurrected, but you'll Unless you know Jesus is your savior, you'll stand before the judgment throne 
and you have to give an account for your sins. And you need to be saved in this life because you're not coming back. There is no such thing as reincarnation. That's another lie of the devil. You only get one chance, one opportunity. Sometimes opportunity only knocks once. Go to him. Say, Lord Jesus, I believe in you. I believe that you love me so much, even though I'm a sinner, that you died for me. You took away my sins. You took the punishment I deserve for the sins that I've committed. And I'm sorry, but I believe in you. I believe that you died for me. I believe that you were buried. And I believe in my heart that you rose again from the dead and you are alive. Save me. Save me. Save my soul. Give me eternal life. I want to be with you when I die. I want to go to heaven. And if you prayed that prayer and you're sincere, then Jesus will answer that prayer. And then go tell people what difference Jesus has made in your life. Because now you've passed from death unto life. Your name's written in the Lamb's Book of Life. And your life is, from now on will be changed for the better. Amen. Amen. Thank you again for tuning in. You can find our podcasts on Apple Podcasts and anywhere else you find podcasts. We'd love for you to join us at the First Baptist Church in Coleraine for Sunday morning worship at 11 a.m. We are located at 81 Foundry Village Road, Coleraine, Massachusetts. If you have any questions or inquiries, please feel free to call the church at 413-624-8886. Hope to see you soon. God bless.